Welcome everyone to NEC Now. I'm Ron Ratner with the Northeast Conference and I am here with Erica Bardez and Mick Darcy from Central Connecticut Women's Soccer. We're gonna talk the 2019 season and NCAA tournament today. First of all, Erica, Mick, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having us, Ron. Yeah, thank right. you. Let's run down the resume for, for both of you. Um, let's start with you, Erica. First team all NEC this past season, five goals, league high, eight assists, 18 points, all New England, all region. So it was a big season for you, a junior defender from right here in New Jersey. We like that. And then Mick, 205 career wins, six-time coach of the year, eight NEC tournaments. The list goes on and on. Um, you've been in the league about the same amount of time that, that I have, one of the best we have in this conference. So I'm looking forward to talking to both of you. Let's start with you, Mick. The 2018 season was a great one for Central. You, you run through the league undefeated. I think you were the ninth program to ever do that. 16-2-2. Um, two two. You go to the NCAs again. Program wins another NEC crown. But coming into 2019, you lose your top three scorers. You lose Ashley Cavanaugh, two-time goalkeeper of the year. Heading into this year, did you think that this could be a special team or did you think this would be more of a work in progress team and maybe we peak later in the season? No, I think we, we knew the team certainly had the potential to be special. The, the way that the 18 season had ended down at Georgetown was, was pretty bittersweet. It was, um, it was a great run that we'd had. Um, we obviously, winning another NEC championship was, was fantastic. Uh, but we went down and played um, against a, an excellent Georgetown team that made it all the way to the final four. And, you know, we were ahead in that game with 20 minutes left. And it was a it was a difficult day to play good soccer. It was incredibly windy. And, you know, we had most of the ball in the first half. They had most of the ball in the second half. But I think when the game ended, there was just that little bit sense of some unfinished business that, that wasn't the way that we wanted it to, you know, to end. You never want to end with a, with a loss, but you always want to be able to, you know, play your best soccer on the, you know, on the day. And, and against Georgetown, I didn't think they were able to play the best. I didn't think we were able to play the best. So it was, we felt a little bit shortchanged, I think, when we left there. And, um, but I think that, that feeling at the end that we weren't necessarily happy to have a great year in 2018, that we wanted to go again. And, and that, that, I thought, drove us through the spring and, and gave us a great springboard to jump into 2019. Erica, in the first game of the year, you take on Rutgers who will become a familiar opponent this year. You, uh, Roma scores early in this game. You're up for most of the game into the 70th minute. You wind up losing in overtime. Did that game give you confidence that Central could go out and just pretty much play with anybody? Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, going into your first game of the season with, you know, going against the Big Ten school, it was – very exciting um, and coming out even though we did end up losing in overtime I think it gave us a lot of confidence to move forward um, <laughs> and I think that we we were disappointed in the result because we were ahead at first but it definitely gave us a lot of motivation and um, excitement for the season ahead. Throughout your non-conference season, Mick, there were some lots of close games, uh, ties with UConn, Seton Hall, a couple wins. Um, how did you assess the state of your team heading into league play? Well, it was a very disjointed non-conference season. We, 
you know, it was, we started off with that Rutgers game as the, Erica was talking about and we had a real good feeling, you know, you know throughout that game, watching the game as it developed. Um, unfortunately, about five minutes into the second half, Yo Tachibana, um, you know, got knocked over and, you know, did some damage to her elbow and, and we lost Yo for, you know, probably for the next month or so. Um, pretty soon after that, you know, we started to just lose a lot of players. By the time we got to the seat in the whole game, I think we had four players left on the on the bench. So it was a it was a ridiculous amount of small injuries that we you know that we had picked up. So we kind of you know stumbled our way through the non-conference season. We it wasn't the you know we were playing some players out of position. It was just very disjointed. So. Um, Ironically, it kind of gave us an opportunity to, you know, to experiment a little bit more with the team, to try some different things, try people in different positions. Players got to play, maybe, you know, necessarily wouldn't have got to play, but everyone else had been, you know, fully fit. And so it rounded us out a little bit more. But the, the non-conference was non-conference was tough. By the time we got to the first game against Bryant, you know, we still had players out, you know, injured or, or who had just come back. And finally, had just come back. You know, Roma didn't play in that game. Um, you know, uh, Yo and Emily Hogan had been out for a long time. So, you know, the Bryant game was almost came like a week too early for us. We, we needed another week to get to get ready from there. So we um, we felt good that we were getting players back and we knew they all would be back within a week or so. Um, but for that three, four weeks that there was players missing, it was, was pretty disjointed. You know, Erica, I think, probably was the only person that, you know, that, that started every game all season for us. So it was, um, it was different. Okay. So... Uh, starts um you have a tough overtime loss at fbu on october 3rd from that point on you do not lose a match for 50 straight days during that time those five shutouts you only allowed nine shots on goal total in those games so did you feel one the team was locked in at that point and two as one of the anchors of the defense how is it like playing with uh, shawnee altaricio who is a two-time defensive player of the year in this league shawnee i think throughout all of the years that I've been at Central gives so much um, like motivation and kind of like just, she's just such a vocal leader and kind of gives you so much energy, not only in the way that she speaks and kind of leads through, um, you know, vocals and everything, but also the way that she plays every tackle, every one-on-one, -on -one, she always goes to like the best of her ability. Like she's always, um, you know, really focused, really in it. And I think that's a, a huge motivation for the entire back line. You know, you just want to, if you have that one um, person on your back line, your entire back line wants to play like that. And um, I think we have a really good system where it's pressure cover. And so when you have Shawnee, who's usually the one in the cover, it's like, you don't want to get beat again because you don't want to have to have her do her job, but it's also nice that, you know, you have her there to be by your side. And it's kind of like a very big um, kind of like team. Um, like we're a little small team on our back line. So we have each other's backs. And um, I think that's why we were able to, you know, have all those stats that you said is because we try to have each other's backs and, um, give each other that motivation to deny, 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 so. So you head uh, into the postseason this year on a seven game win streak. You're hosting it again in New Britain, which is, which is great for the team. In the semis, you run into Sacred Heart. Um, Erica, early in that game, 
you're in the box. I'm watching highlights yesterday, and you receive an unbelievable pass from, I believe it was Emily Hogan. Uh, do you remember that goal? Can you take us through what happened there? Um, yeah, a little bit. But so um, Em's always just been such a good distributor. And, you know, when she's on the ball, she's going to do something with it. Um, and so a lot of times as uh, an outside back, it's like, do I make this run? Do I stay back? And, you know, it's kind of that fine line between when to go and when to not. And so when M gets on the ball, it's just, you know, something special is going to happen. So just getting into that box, getting that back post run is something we've always worked on. Um, and so just, it was just such a nice ball. There was no way I, I couldn't. I couldn't not give that to her, you know, <laughs> with all the work she did. So, uh, you're up nice in that game. Pass came from Ali. Yeah, it was Ali the right back was the one that crossed the ball into the box and the great little flick from Emily. So it was a right back almost, you know, to a left back both inside the box, which was which was good. Yeah, that's why it was so like, do I go? Do I not? Because then if you have both your backs up at one time, that means you have two backs you know, left to defend. So it's uh, critical to put that in, you know. After, after that beautiful goal, uh, it's two, you're up 2-1 in the 60th minute. Roma plays the ball out to you in space outside, about five yards outside the box, and you just hit an absolute banger into the, into the, top, of the, the top corner of the net. Uh, Erica, in, in this history of goal scoring for you, where does that one rank? Um, that one was it was pretty up there just you know I the ball you see the balls coming on the cross uh, like across the box and I kind of do a stutter step because I was like do I just hit this one time like do I two time it uh, and so then I just ended up hitting it one time um, and it just was kind of one of those feelings where as soon as it was off my foot I just knew kind of thing um, which was a relief because I can't tell you the amount of times I've hit posts this past season. So it was, it was nice to finally get one that didn't ricochet off the, the posts. Mick, how much of a luxury is it to have an attacking back that can provide you with some offensive punch like Erica does? It's great. I mean, it's, that's, it's always been how we want to play with our teams. We, we push our two outside backs forward a lot. Uh, we want to get them into the situations to where they're, you know, crossing balls for the people to finish or, or you know, like Erica's first goal, just, you know, sneak in around the back post and, and put it away from there. So it's, um, it's a risk you know, anytime you, you, you push it forward or you push your defenders that far forward, but it's something that's part of our philosophy and how we want to play. And, and, you know, Erica, before she came to CCSU, didn't spend a whole lot of time as a defender, um, but we recognize that um, she has that, you know, kind of killer instincts in front of the goal. She's capable of scoring goals, but she also had the traits to, you know, to make a great defender as well. So it's a, it's a good combination that she has. We now head into the finals against a very good FDU team. Uh, in that game, Roma gets one in the 18th minute. So you're up one nothing. Erica, we're, we go back to you in this one. Now you hit a screamer that does hit the crossbar <laughs> in um, the second half. The same, the similar kind of shot. Ball gets knocked around. Uh, Yo Tachibana gets the ball. The, the FDU keeper makes one of the best saves I've seen in a long time. So you have to sweat out this one nothing win, but you get the title back-to-back. Uh, -back. Mick, how satisfying was uh, winning this game for you and your team? Well, it becomes an all-or-nothing at that stage. You know, you, once you get to the final, 
you know, it's you either win it and advance to the NCAAs or, or your season is over. So we knew FDU was, you know, the only team that we'd lost to. It had been a great game that we'd played against them down at their place, you know, tough way it ended over time. Um, you know, ironically, you talked about the, you know, the run that we had in hosting, but I'm sure Erica will be uh, happy to tell you the story what I told the girls after the, you know, after the, the game down at FDU that, that we had no chance now of hosting because we tied the game and lost the game. And uh, we were going to have to do it the hard way on the road, but they've proved me wrong as they often do. Um, so, um, yeah, to win it at home is, you know, is a fantastic feeling. Um, to win it against you know, a great FDU side, you know, very pleasing as well. Uh, but they they pushed us the whole way. They've been they've been a great rival over the last couple of years, and um, you know it's finals. Finals can be strange games. You never know how they're you know what the key moments, turning moments are going to be. Um, the save Amanda Fitzgerald made from Yo Tachibana was was great. I mean at that stage we were all kind of jumping up, thinking the ball was in the back of the net. Um, you know it's you know, you expect when you play against FDU, you expect it's going to be a tough game, and, and it was. So, But to win it at home again, you know, it kind of just uh, it was a great way to, you know, to end that part of the season and, you know, propel us back into the NCAA tournament and back to what we talked about earlier, that kind of unfinished business, you know, with Georgetown. Now comes the fun part. You're into NCAAs, and you're headed back to Piscataway for the rematch with Rutgers. My question for you, Mick, is, when you, the draw came out, were you, were you happy with this draw because there was less of an unknown uh, factor, whereas you've made, instead of playing a team that you haven't seen before? Well, you know, we're, you know, we've had some ups and downs in the NCAA tournament before. We've been very fortunate, you know, to have gone. But when you, when you draw the number 13 team in the country, you know, you know it's going to be a, you know, you know it's a tough matchup. Um, but the beauty of it was that it was a familiar opponent, a field, a field that we had played on. Um, and not only had we played on it, but we played well, you know, on the field. And, you know, Yo was back. We knew we hadn't, didn't have her in the first game. So that was a, you know, or didn't have her for half of the first game. So we knew that was a positive. But I think we also knew that we were a better team in November than we had been, you know, back in August when we were down there the first time. I'm sure that was the same for, for Rutgers too. Um, but when you when you go to the NCAAs, it's, it's a very quick turnaround you go from the celebrations of Sunday to you know you're trying to figure out the logistics you know how we're going to get there figure out the hotels you know do all that type of stuff and at the same time you need to come up with a good you know scout to prepare to play in the game so when you play against a team that you've already played against you know half of your job is already done as far as that so so we knew what to expect from them um that Rutgers team was very good um and we're you know it shouldn't be you know, the fact that we knocked them out. It shouldn't really shouldn't take anything away from the season that they had. Um, but we knew what we would have to do to you know, to win, and um, came up with a good game plan and um, executed. Erica, how confident was the team heading into that matchup? Um, I think we were really excited because you know we knew that that overtime loss was it was a tough one, um, and we kind of wanted to you know, Central's a small school, um, Rutgers is a big one. So we kind of wanted to prove to not only ourselves, but to everybody else that like, you know, small, small school can do it too. Um, and so there was a lot of excitement going into that game, a lot of hard work and preparation throughout the entire season. You know, that, that loss was in the back of our minds the entire season. So when that name came up on drawing day, it was, you know, a bit of excitement because, you know, we, 
we would be able to go back there and kind of finish some unfinished business. Okay, let's go. I want to talk about Roma for a second. I've, we've mentioned her a few times. Uh, she's putting a lot of pressure on the Rutgers defense in this game. She has a free kick that hits the, the, the post in the first half. First of all, Erica, what is it like playing with a player of that caliber on a day-to-day -day basis? You learn so much from Roma just by playing with her and, you know, watching her. Um, she's so creative on the ball. And so, uh, you know, she always kind of knows what to do with it, which is sometimes she'll get a ball that's like, like chest height and she'll be able to control it and bring it down like it was placed to her feet already she's just so she's like a little fairy <laughs> she she like she I just sometimes I just don't know how she does the things that she does so it's always so fun to watch her um but to to, to play with her too she's like Shawnee she just makes you want to play your the best that you can so she can play the best that she can because you know when she's playing the best the entire team's playing their best. Um, so sh uh, she's definitely one of, if not the best players I've played with. And um, it's always so much fun playing with her. If, even if it's just in like a possession game at practice or, or playing against Rutgers, it's, it's always so much fun. Mick, what's it like coaching uh, Roma? It's fun. I mean, it's, um, you know, if you want to be a good coach, get good players. You want to be a great coach, get great players. And um, I think Roma fits into, you know, the category of being a great player. She's, uh, I think her competitiveness is, you know, is second to none. Um, and Eric will attest this again. In practice, everything is, um, everything counts for Roma. It's, um, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's a 1v1 games, 3v3, 5v5s, whatever it is. You know, she wants to win every game that she, that she plays in. And that carries over to the field as well, too. Um, but she's, I think she's very much a team player as well. You know, probably what got, gets lost in all of this is that, you know, Roma missed a big chunk of the, you know, the back end of the season, you know, through an injury. And, you know, she came back and, you know, played 15 minutes in the semifinal against Sacred Heart before, you know, playing against FDU. But when she came back, she played out of position. You know, we played her as a kind of a false number nine center forward. Uh, Roma's an out and out midfielder, but we asked her, you know, the team was settled at that stage. You know, with Bree in the holding midfield role and um, uh, Yo and Emily Hogan both playing in the midfield. So rather than upset what we're doing, we asked Roma to, to go and play a different position. And um, and she took that on. And even though I don't think that's her best position uh, or as a player, um, she embraced it. And, you know, the, the run that we had in the postseason with the, you know, the NEC semifinal final and the two games against the Blaze, that was a, a good test of her, of her character just to, how she was able to embrace that and, and give everything for the team. Rutgers had so much speed uh, up top and your defense in the first half, it's kind of, it's bending, but it's not breaking. And Amanda McQuillan's playing out of her mind in this game. You go into halftime 0-0, zero, zero, uh, being at the game, from my vantage point, your, your midfield was just as formidable and was going toe-to-toe -to -toe at them. Um, so you knew there was going to be some chances for you guys in the second half. What was your message to the team at halftime, Mick? Uh, I think it was a positive, obviously, because we were we were doing the things that we needed to do. Um, you know, Jen Jen Prozo, our assistant, you know, she comes up with the with the scout on the opposition, and we were we were pretty clear as to how we thought Rutgers would play, and there was no changes. We we knew what we were getting from them. They had a couple of injuries beforehand, and we weren't exactly sure who would play and who wouldn't play, um, but we. Had, 
we, we figured their style of play and, the, and their tactics and the, you know, Jen did a good job of scouting them and getting, getting us ready for, you know, for what to expect. So the game was unfolding the way we thought it would. Um, we allowed them to have ball in, in their half of the field. We didn't you know, really contest it from there. Um, we allowed them to come to a, you know, a certain point on the field before we started, you know, Roma started to exert some pressure from there. So the game was playing out the way we wanted it to do. And it's, you know, we talk about don't get confused with, you know, possession doesn't mean domination. Possession just means that they have it and, and, and we're organized. And when they played the ball into the areas where it was dangerous, I thought our midfield um, did a real good job of cutting off, you know, their supply lines into, into the forwards from there. And then when they did get the ball wide, you know, we knew they had the pace, you know, from there. And um, Ali did a, did a real good job on the, on the right side and, you know, Eric on the left side. And, um, and then we got plenty of cover in behind from there. You know, Amando had to make a couple of you know, good saves in the first half. She made a phenomenal save in the, in the second half. Um, but, you know, the message at halftime was keep doing what we're doing. The chances will come and, and you know, we'll get one. Yeah, uh, we were pretty sure that we could, you know, that we could get one against them, and then it was just a case of continuing to defend the way we had been. So in the second half, Amanda again making some terrific plays, keeping the game scoreless. We're heading towards the end of regulation. Here's the good part. Here we'll go to Erica. Um, you get a step on your defender. You're coming down the left flank. You pass it to Tess Atkinson. You give and go with her. You get a step on your defender. Take us from that point on what what was going through your mind and what happened well so Tess played a phenomenal ball if you see it's like a needle through a thread um but it um so I saw that there was same thing they know the point um anyway um so there's like three there's a defender kind of a step behind me it's a, a defender to the there's like three defenders around me um, and all season, me and Mick have been, and Jen have been working on um, making sure that my crosses go from, you know, the, the, the near post, well, not from the near post to the mid post, but from the mid post to the back post. And even mm -hmm. if a cross or a shot doesn't make it in the back post, somebody's going to be there. Um, so said Dorman's, I'm pretty sure it was said Dorman, was making a run to the back post. So it was kind of a um, if this doesn't go in, then Sid will get there. Um, so a little bit of a Hail Mary there, but um, it worked out. <laughs> so it was, it was, could, it's a shot and a cross, not either one. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, a lot of people will say that it's a lucky shot, but um, when I was getting, when I was being recruited, there's um, a little clip um, that I sent Mick, which is a goal that I scored in club against um, his team, FSA, which is very similar to that goal where I get it kind of a little bit outside the 18 um, on the side and cross shoot it and it goes in against him. So that was, it was a little funny um, kind of reoccurrence, I guess. <laughs> So standing on the sidelines, I was standing with your ex-athletic uh, director. As soon as it left your foot, I said to him, that's in. The ball goes in. The, celebra the place is stunned. Like, the place is stunned. Your fans are going crazy. There's a minute and 42 seconds left to play on the clock. Is this – I'll go to Mick, I guess. Is this a long 142, or did you think, we got this, we, we did it? Or are you, are you just sweating for, you know, 90-plus seconds? 
Well, it's uh, it's a long time. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, but by no means was it over. I, I think that when the by the time the goal went in, Rutgers were certainly stunned. Um, yeah, they, they, you could see them looking at the clock, and you know, you know now what's their plan going to be? What did they change? I think at that stage they were probably were already thinking about overtime and you know and what maybe changes they might make when it gets to overtime. But then you've got pretty much ninety seconds to you know to fix the problem. And as as a coach, I've been on the wrong end of that too and it's it's tough because it's you're looking to make one or two substitutions to get a few more attackers on the field um and then you become a little bit disjointed from there so you know from our perspective it was you know let's keep our shape let's clear the ball um but we've been in some of these tough games before and you know obviously winning an nec final one nil you know you know the last couple of minutes of that game after you were throwing everything at us so you're you know when you've been in close games you know how to you know you know how to handle a little bit from there. So they dumped a few balls into the box. We won our headers. We got the we got the clearances out. But it's um, it's been once or twice when I've um, when I've been working out since. And I don't work out that often when I do. I see we have 90 seconds left to go. I think okay, this is, kind of reminds me of the Rutgers game. I can get through this. Um, but no, it's uh, all hands to the deck, and um, you know we got it out. But it was a uh, it was fun. I think the the and Sean Kelly would be the one who kind of initiated this, but when you when the goal went in and you know after if you know the bedlam settled down you could still hear Brass Bonanza, which is the song that we you know, the song that we play at home with the old Hartford Whaler song when you could hear that being played in the background. Um that was kind of one oh my God, this is really happening where um, you know we're gonna win this. So the game ends, you win. It's tremendous. Um Erica, you come back to your home state, you beat the Big Ten power, these school in your able to celebrate with your family's bands yeah it was um it was really nice I mean my parents are like crazy you <laughs> know um crazy crazy supportive um they go everywhere I mean they come to our, every single home game which is a two-hour drive for them they'll make the trip up Friday and then make it again Saturday so I mean when we drew Rutgers they were like yes like <laughs> only 40 minutes like awesome but um yeah it was it was so nice to be you know in my home state and uh to to win like that um was uh made me speechless it was um something I won't forget it, I won't forget it either. It's definitely a top two or three moment during my 20 plus years in this conference. It was so exciting. Mick, you're dancing and you're soaking in the moment at that point. I could see it in your face. How happy were you for your players, your school and your program to be able to pull off what you did that night? Yeah, really just so proud. So proud of the players for the university. It was you know, it had been a while since we'd won an NCAA game, and I know they don't come around that often. And, and the first time it happened, it was it was all a little bit of a blur. Um, you know, it was great that you were there on the night and documented it in, in, in so many different ways. Because the the first time when we when we won against Boston College, we don't have a whole lot of um, mem memories, but not too many photos and 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 a blurred video from then. Uh, but it was one of the things, probably a little bit of experience. You know, on my end, uh, we were in. There was no rush to get the team off the field at the end. I wanted them to soak it up, to enjoy it. I wanted them to take all the photographs they wanted to. You know, Rutgers at that stage had, you know, you know, had moved on. So we wanted to be respectful for them and, you know, it was their field. And 
um, like I said, I, I do think that's a, they have a wonderful team, wonderful program. I, you know, I know their coaching staff well. Um, but when they left, I mean, we, we made sure that we enjoyed ourselves on the field and we took all the photographs that we wanted and, and just soaked it all up because it's their special moments in your life and they don't come along that often. And I wanted to make sure that we, you know, that we absolutely enjoyed it. But, you know, for me as a coach, very proud um, of our players, of our staff, our university, where, as Eric alluded to, we're, you know, we're nowhere near along the lines of a, of a Big Ten school as far as the support and all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you put 11 players on the field, you put your substitutions on and, and you go for it and, and you're able to go toe to toe. And every now and again, uh, you know, the underdog wins. And so it was a, a special night to enjoy. Mick, you mentioned the, the win back in 2003 over Boston College. That was the first NCAA win for Central Connecticut at the D1 level in any sport. How did this win compare to that one for, for you as a coach? Yeah, like I said, probably the, the difference in the experience of being able to enjoy it a little bit more. Um, I think and back in, in 2003, I think we scored like in the 59th minute, I want to say. It could be wrong, but close to that. So... You ask how long 90 seconds was, you know, compared to 30 minutes. And there was a bit more defending that night up there. Um, but it was a, yeah, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago on, on another call, but it was a, it was a freezing cold night and um, there just wasn't a whole lot of, um, there wasn't a whole lot of people up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, that was, that was a moment where we felt, okay, that we've, you know, we've arrived, that we can, we can play with anybody now, at, you know, back in, in 03 and, it kind of gave us the foundations to build the program on. And, you know, we had a couple of rough years, you know, in, in 2011, 2012, and, it, you know, you know, we bounced back in 14. I think we've been pretty consistent, you know, since then. So it's, you know, it's what we're looking to do in a program. We want to keep that level of, the level of consistency there. You, um, you won't always win the NEC championship. We never take that for granted. Um, it's, it's a special moment, you know, the fact that you know, the likes of Erica now has picked up, you know, two championships is, you know, is phenomenal. Um, there have been some great players who have played in the Northeast Conference who have never won a, you know, never won a championship. So we, we don't take that for, you know, we don't take that for granted at all. But you, you learn to enjoy the, you learn to enjoy and appreciate it and, you know, smell the roses or whatever, you know, expression you want to put on it because it's, um, it, it doesn't happen for everybody. And it's, you know, after the game, but we had all the players just, um, you know, write down just their thoughts on the evening. And I wanted them all just to document it. Uh, probably the days of keeping a diary are gone um, from, for a lot of people, but I wanted the players to remember, you know, how, the, how they felt that night and, you know, what it meant for them. So it's something that they've all kind of documented and, and we'll open, the, open it up again at some stage and look back at it and, and remember how it really felt. That's awesome. Uh, your season comes to an end um, at West Virginia, a 50-50 game. You, you fall in double overtime. Definitely you had your chances in this one. Mick, at the end of the season, it comes to an end, and it's always that, that finality is, is, is tough for a coach and for you, Erica, as a player. What will be your lasting memory, uh, Mick, of this group, the 2019 team? How would you describe this, this version of your, of your team? I think it's a team who, who kind of really believe them themselves. And that's, you know, we want to, we want to instill that confidence in our team, you know, early on and, and get them to get them to appreciate who they are as, as people and as players, um, but also what their teammates are capable of as well. And it was, 
you know, it would have been easy on this team to, to give up a little bit, you know, at certain times during the course of the year with the amount of injuries that we had. And you, you start to feel sorry for yourself and maybe, you know, maybe just this isn't going to be the year for us. Maybe, you know, last year where we didn't have a whole lot of injuries was, you know, allowed us to, you know, have a little bit more success. But, but when, you know, when small things start to go against you and people start to pick up injuries and a couple of concussions and all that, you're like, okay, it would be easy to say no, but, you know, this team dug deep and it's, it wasn't about the 11 players that started, you know, in the NEC final or the Rutgers game or the West Virginia game. This was a team that dug deep into its roster to, to find a way to get through games. And uh, we had a lot of ties, but we, we made sure we didn't lose games. And you know, I thought the often go back to the Bryant game and we played well down at Bryant, but we were, we were missing a lot of players in that game. But it was, it was important not to lose that game um, as opposed to necessary to go out and win that game. And then, um, you know, that we had to dig deep because it was a very good Bryant team that didn't lose a game in the, in the NECs until the semifinal. Um, but we found a way. And, uh, and that became our, our motto during the course of the year. We um, had read the Dan and I had book, um, you know, The Swimmer, The Long Distance Swimmer, and, and started to share that book with the team. And, you know, we took some lessons from, you know, from there. And, th and that was our motto throughout the season, just find a way where we may not be at 100%, but we'll, we'll work our way through it. And, and that's probably what I remember about this team that when faced with adversity, you know, yeah, they bounced back and, and, and accepted the challenge and went about their business from there. Didn't look for a whole lot of sympathy when things weren't, weren't going away and just got down to business. All right, now let's transition. Five months later, we head into just something just as big as March Madness, it's called NEC Madness. We have an on, we start an online voting campaign with the best moments in NEC history since the turn of the century. Central Connecticut winds up with four teams in different brackets. Um, and Mick, you, had, you, you, had a, you have a couple here. Um, so you, we start and it's fan voting. Uh, for those who, who may not know, uh, we go through the fan voting and, and in the quarterfinals, you're immediately pitted against the FDU bowling team. That's the only team to win a national championship in our league's history, but your social media presence is, is, is out there um, and you knock them off. So were, were you and your teammates, were you like getting family members and friends to go out and vote, vote, vote? No, I've yeah. got no idea who voted for us. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, I'll let you take that one. Um, yeah, definitely. We just kind of um, all were like, get everyone you know to vote um so just sending it in any group chat um kind of just because we want you know that it was such a special moment for us and um we just kind of i guess wanted it to be recognized you know beyond us um and so yeah it was just like i have a cousin's brother sister voting for you kind of thing it was like <laughs> oh cool like but um yeah it was it was really awesome to see the support that we got throughout that entire um couple of days you go on in the semifinals you knock off the central baseball team from 2019 and that they were that was an awesome team men's the final against uh the fdu elite eight team i think i'm the only person to see games from that run from fdu and see you guys win so I know how good that FDU team under Seth Rowland was. Uh, they have big fan support as well. Um, and in true Central Connecticut fashion, you are losing the vote most of the day. In the last few hours, you come from behind over 1,700 votes. You, you win, 50, I think it was 52 to 48%. Um, 
I know this is all just pretend, Mick, but does it say pro Bill that you've received so much support from people in and around the program and, and alums? It is. I mean, we've got a pretty good fan base. I mean, you you come to the games during the regular season, even on Friday nights, you know, we usually get over a thousand people or so at the games. Um, you know, the, the local rivalries when we play at UConn, you know, we've had over 2,000 people at the game. So it's a, we've got a good local, you know, fan base that come out and, and watch the games. Um, but yeah, well, it really was just a bit of fun. I mean, that's, you know, sets out a couple of great teams down there and, you know, it's, um, it's almost a little bit cheeky, you know, when you beat a team that went to the, you know, went to the elite eight. Um, but I've no doubt they, you know, they had a bit of fun with it as well. And it's, um, it was, a uh, there's the, you're looking at coaches and you're looking at players who, you know, have all, you know, competed at a, at a very high level and, you know, love the, the, the thrill of victory and, you know, really hate the, the taste of defeat. And we haven't had a way to channel that in the last couple of weeks. So this was um, a little, uh, a little fun game to kind of go out and you know and try and win and it, uh, yeah a lot of people kind of bought into it and it, it was fun but it was it, it kind of got the you know not so much got the team together again because we've been doing a lot of stuff together anyway but it was just nice to be able to put all our energies towards one goal excellent uh, let's switch gears for a second erica you're one of my favorite kind of student athletes because you're a true <laughs> student athlete um three nine plus gpa you won the NEC Scholar Athlete Award for women's soccer last fall. How much does something like that mean to you? Um, yeah, it means a lot. I mean, my mom, my both my parents have always emphasized, you know, getting a good education and being a good student because, you know, you are a student before you're an athlete. And Mick has instilled the, that in our team as well, um, kind of always uh, pushing us to be the best students and athletes we can be um, and so going into college it was kind of just um, a goal of mine to you know be the best student that I could be um, and I look up to my older sister a lot and she had a 4.0 at one point in college and I was like yeah I want to do that and then <laughs> um, you know it's kind of just a, a balance that I've learned throughout playing club soccer and going through school was that you have to do both and um, I try to do the both to the best of my ability so going back to soccer Erica you're headed to your senior year next year or this fall what should we expect from the 2020 version of the Blue Devils um, I think that we're we always want to do better we always want to you know beat ourselves in a way. Um, so I think that this coming preseason and this coming spring, we're just going to put all of our effort into being the best team that we can be. Um, I know that all of us kind of have the same mindset and even just seeing how we were practicing in the spring, like each practice was highly competitive. We're a very highly competitive group. Um, and then adding whatever new freshmen we have coming in, I'm sure that that's going to spread to them as well because each new group that comes in kind of adds a little something different. So it's going to be exciting how to see how they fit in with the team and um, just bringing a lot of hard work and uh, motivation to this next season, I think, is what 2020 will have for us. 
Okay, I have one more question left. This is for Mick. Mick, you've been, excuse me, you've been with Central Connecticut for two decades now. What is it that makes Central Connecticut such a special place? Oh, it's, uh, without question, it's the people. It's um, just wonderful people, um, you know, students, staff, you know, around the campus. Um, there's a, there's a blue collar mentality to the, you know, to the university and, and it's, you know, it's one of the themes that we play off as a, you know, as a team is that we're, you know, we kind of embrace the hard work from there, but it's just, it's, it's wonderful people. And, you know, it, it's hard to, hard to articulate exactly, you know, what that means, but there's, it, it's very down to earth. Um, people are very straightforward with you. It's, um, people care about you. Um, it's, I, I think that's, from an athletics point of view, I think we go well beyond athletics. Um, I think there's a there's a genuine a genuine care uh, for the well-being of people, and, and not that it's not like that other places, but um, I think as I said, down to earth is a simplicity to the school that we, we kind of look after each other, and um, yeah, it's um, just a, a blue collar, blue devil mentality. I love it. Well, first, thank you so much. This was a blast. I enjoyed walking down memory lane from this past season with both of you. I look forward to seeing what the future holds for the Central Connecticut women's soccer program. My thanks, Mick. Thanks to you. You're one of the, the class acts in this conference uh, as, as a coach or administrator. Um, and Erica, you were one of the outstanding student athletes um, that, that, that make us proud to do what we do. So I wish both of you, uh, I hope you're both safe and healthy and we all get to the fall and we get back on the pitch and start playing again. So, so thanks for joining us. Okay. Thank you, Ron. Thank Appreciate you. it. Take care. All right. This is Ron Radner and this was NEC Now with Mick Darcy and Erica Bardez.